From TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the executive director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monyoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Well, over the past uh, 20 years or so, probably no one has been a better champion for the city of McKeesport than Jim Brewster, first as a city councilman, then as mayor, and now as state senator, where his... Uh, Cheerleading, if I'm not embarrassing you, Senator, uh, has now extended to uh, Duquesne and Braddock and Monroeville and New Kensington and a lot of other places in uh, eastern Allegheny County. Good morning, Senator. Good morning. Uh, is that an accurate? Uh, you, you have been a booster for these communities for, for 27 years. Well, yes. I mean, he, he, having spent uh, almost three decades in the banking business and during that time was part-time uh, council person in McKeesport and then later on became the, the full-time mayor. Uh, for those of us McKeesporters that are still here, uh, we have a passion for small-town America. And uh, ironically, when I became senator through the redistricting, I ended up with 38 different communities. So you're dealing with 38 different mayors, 19 different school districts, and multiple school directors and, and council folks. So um, it was a natural fit for me. You go all the way now from the Yakagani River to the Monongahela River to the Allegheny Well, they River. stretch me out. It's, it's a long way from top to bottom. Uh, it gets difficult trying to get to some of the events, but you know the great thing for me, and I think for those communities I represent, um, when they call, they don't have to explain very much. I know what they need. We talk about the violence. We talk about the opioid. We talk about the blight. We talk about job creation. We talk about tax reform. So, and that's very common in, in local government, particularly in small towns. Uh, First of all, uh, tell people what the best way in, in this, since our two stations are in the Mon Valley area, tell people what the best way to get in touch with you, first of all, before we go any further. Well, of course, I have multiple offices uh, located, uh, main offices in Monroeville. Uh, we have an office in, in McKeesport. We have an office in New Kensington. And, of course, my Harrisburg office. And my website is very much available. Everybody has the numbers. And that's SenatorBrewster.com? Yes. Okay, has the, yes. has the numbers and everything up there. But what we've been doing, Jason, to make it even more uh, convenient, I have uh, started what we call a satellite office uh, network. So I have staff going to literally every community that we service throughout the year. Uh, so if you're in a, in a community that maybe uh, senior citizens, for example, when it comes to tax rebates or, and rent rebates, rather, and, and, and working on taxes and what have you. We don't want them to have to travel to these offices. So we'll, we'll go to those municipalities, and, and we'll set up for a couple, three days uh, in, in the local uh, municipal buildings to, to make it easier. So uh, we're literally in 38 different communities. I'm curious, because you brought it up, what kind of services do people come to the district offices for, and what kind of services can the district provide? It depends on the community, uh, Jason. I mean, some of the communities, we have a, a large uh, percentage of senior citizens, so they'll come in for rent rebate information and assistance, uh, preparing their taxes. We help with that, those kinds of things. Uh, in other areas, it might be to facilitate uh, permits through DEP, uh, through PennDOT, uh, th- those kinds of things that uh, 
they're, they're cumbersome to people if they have to go directly to Harrisburg uh, via the phone network. So uh, we can assist on almost anything where Harrisburg's involved and uh, facilitate that process and make it much more uh, efficient for those folks that come in. And they don't have to come in. They can call. Uh, but you mentioned Amazon, if I may jump to yeah, that Yeah, go ahead and jump to that because we, we've heard a lot about the uh, mayor of Pittsburgh, uh, Bill Peduto, and Allegheny County Executive Rich Fitzgerald pitching the Pittsburgh area, but you pitched them on the AK Valley and the Mon Valley. Right. Well, let, let me be clear. Obviously, we as Pennsylvanians want to see Amazon in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And, and, and certainly, being from Western Pennsylvania, we'd like to have it in the Pittsburgh area. Uh, but, but Erie and Philly, there are other communities in, in, in cities in Pennsylvania trying to do the same thing we are. But I will say this to, to the listeners. Uh, I have had conversations with uh, County Executive Fitzgerald. He understands completely. I have a responsibility to continue to look at the Brownfield sites. Um, I'm hoping and I'm told that uh, once a site is chosen, then a, there will, will be a second look or visit of sites within that region. For example, if they pick Pittsburgh, where in the Pittsburgh region would they go? So once we see their business strategy, their plan, um, I, I would like to make the case that, that putting 50,000 people in one building anywhere in this region is going to be a difficult traffic situation. Sure. And that's going to be something that we're going to have to explain. You're talking like another U.S. steel building, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I'm making the pitch for any Brownfield site from New Kensington all the way down through Duquesne, Braddock, uh, Clareton, McKeesport, uh, in my district. Um, now, it, it would, it, to me, it makes some sense if you could have multiple locations and, and sort of move those folks around, providing it meets with their business strategy. Right. Because all these things have to be sequentially laid out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think we can ignore the fact that, and I don't want to mention any sites, but some sites that I've heard about, um, when you go into Pittsburgh now, you, you still have a traffic situation sure. to deal with. Um, this, will, this will make it much more complicated. And I know that in the proposal there were different discussions about um, what we're trying to do with the BRT, uh, with, with the Port Authority, um, different discussions about uh, mass transit. Um, we, as you know, we just recently had a uh, pretty significant debate about the Monfade Expressway. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Bill Quartz, Representative Quartz, and I uh, were able to, to convince uh, the SPC and others that this is a viable project that needs to continue because it touches down at the top of Javosburg Hill and in, in, in Duquesne and, of course, goes out to Monroeville. So it's, it's, it's the kind of uh, roadway that you need for an Amazon. And frankly, Jason, in, in my years of banking and as mayor, I can tell you for a lot of folks, so why don't we look like Homestead on, mm-hmm. our, on our mill site? Well, there are reasons for that. Homestead's right next to the parkway. Right. We're not. That's and it's adjacent too to the to Pittsburgh, where the real estate values are going up, and it's exactly yeah. so. So there are there are things that, that that folks don't have an opportunity to think about. But I will tell you that we're now in a position to talk about a new transit center in McKeesport for mass transit. The Montfade Expressway is still on target. Okay, we're right next to West Mifflin, the Allegheny County Airport. Okay, and you've got the rivers and the rails. These are the things that light industrial. And major businesses want to see. They, they, and, and not many have what we have with regard to uh, the rivers, the barge traffic, uh, the railroad network that we have. Uh, so I think we're, we're ready um, for this kind of business. Now, uh, how it gets laid out at the end of the day, uh, I right. can assure the listeners in, in terms of the 45th Senatorial District, we're going to fight for uh, uh, involvement. 
Um, and, and, and at the end of the day, we're certainly going to say we did some job creating um, regardless of where the actual building will be. But um, I have not, and I've made this clear to uh, uh, the county executive that uh, there are multiple sites that I would want them to consider. And, um, and, and I have sent that message out to Amazon personally. We're talking with Senator Jim Brewster this morning, represents the 45th uh, Senatorial District. His website is SenatorBrewster.com. We're talking about economic development and some recent items that have been in the news in the district, which uh, goes all the way from the AK Valley down to the, uh, do you actually cross into Washington County? No. As well? Okay. Westmoreland County, not again County. Okay. Okay. But you go down to the forward. You go down to Forward yes. Township, yes. Uh, McKeesport, yes. uh, Braddock, Duquesne. Uh, yes. It's it's quite a swath of the East Hills and, and South Hills and Mon Valley areas. Yes, and you know, Jason, since you bring that up, I, I think people would be shocked if they would drive through the district and see what some of the communities like Forward Township, Elizabeth Township, uh, White Oak, McKeesport, Clarendon, Duquesne, uh, New Kensington, Lower Ball. The things that they're doing on a local level that you don't see or read about, particularly now with the local newspaper being done, which we right. can talk about later. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of things happening. And I always use the term chronic naysayers. Uh, they, <laughs> they seem to rear their heads because they think these things are going to happen overnight. Uh, we didn't go from 50,000 people down to 20 overnight. We know why that happened. And we're working our way up. And, and we have to depend on each other. Every community has to work with each other. Uh, we know the big sister is Pittsburgh, okay? So we have to broaden uh, that network of unity, and that's what we're trying to do uh, throughout Allegheny County and Westmoreland. Your, your district, and, and I may have mentioned this to you before, and we have to take a break here uh, in just a couple of seconds, but you, as you were talking, I was thinking you've got rural, quite frankly, areas. You've got industrial areas. You've got suburban office park shopping type areas, and you've got uh, small town areas. You almost have like sort of a microcosm of Pennsylvania just right there in the 45th district. You, you have a little bit of, of every advantage and disadvantage that any that the entire state of Pennsylvania has, you have right in one district there. Yeah, well, we do. I mean, look at Monroeville, for example. Mm-hmm. It's right there yeah. on the Turnpike and, 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 and uh, the Parkway, uh, a great community, Plum, uh, w- with housing just popping up everywhere. And it is. It's it's a very diverse uh, uh, network. In in, in I, I brought that point up when we did redistricting several years ago, that we want to make sure that we have a representative and have a district where we can accommodate those different mm-hmm. lifestyles, and they are very different from beginning to end. Uh, let's pause right there. Jim Brewster is our guest. He's state senator from the 45th district. Uh, you can reach him at senatorbrewster.com. We'll be back in 30 seconds here on Radio 81 WEDO. WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel. Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes. Support comes from the readers of TubeCityOnline.com and the Tube City Almanac, and we thank them for their support. If you'd like to contribute, please visit our website, call us at 412-614-9659, or email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com. Welcome back. Our guest this morning is State Senator Jim Brewster. We're talking about his district, which is the 45th district, which uh, serves a large section of the east suburbs and the Mon Valley. You can find him at uh, SenatorBrewster.com. He also has local district offices in Monroeville, uh, Allegheny Township, which is Leechburg area, McKeesport, Vandergrift, Alakiski area, Forward Township down near Elizabeth, uh, and, of course, a satellite office you also have in Turtle Creek. And you were mentioning earlier in the program that you've got a program of people from your district office going around to all the different communities. 
It's our satellite satellite office network. Yeah, okay. And really, it's just to be available so that folks don't have to get in the car and drive to McKeesport or Monroeville. Uh, It'll be closer to their uh, where they live. And we've been in just about every uh, municipal building. And we we schedule it throughout the month and then throughout the year, so we're it's working really well. We have a I have a, unfortunately I have a tremendous staff, and uh, they respond literally in, in minutes. Um, and in most cases, we can cut through the bureaucracy and get into wherever we have to in Harrisburg to answer their questions. Well, uh, for our listeners who are primarily in the in the Mon Valley area, although I do know we do pick up some over in the South Hills and, and uh, Northern West Virginia, but. For our listeners who are primarily in the Mon Valley area, you alluded to two things which have been kind of big news stories here of late. One being uh, the acquisition of the former McKeesport Daily News building at the corner of uh, Lyle Boulevard and Walnut Street uh, by the city of McKeesport. And you were instrumental in helping negotiate that with the owners of the Daily News, correct? Yes. Well, as you know, uh, when I was mayor of McKeesport, um, I had a very good working relationship with Mr. Scaife, who owned the Trib uh, Total Media and uh, in his passing, uh, um, uh, CEO Jennifer Bertetto now is the chairman of the board and also the CEO. And we continued that relationship. And when they decided, uh, made the business decision to sell off some of their papers, uh, I approached her and said, is there any way we can talk about saving the building? Mm-hmm. And it was over a year ago. And, uh, and she's a, a very passionate uh, a person about the media, um, you know, She's got a, an energy that uh, is exciting. She knows what she has to do with her organization, but she hasn't forgotten the history of, of how they got to where they're at. And uh, she agreed that uh, the demolition of the building was not an option. And uh, uh, as we got closer here in the past six months with more dialogue, uh, we came to the conclusion that uh, she would be willing to approach their board and see about donating the building to the city of McKees for Redevelopment Authority. And that has since happened. Uh, that's a large, so a three-story, uh, well, part of it's three-story, 12,000-square-foot uh, building uh, with a basement uh, built in the 19, most of it built in the 1930s in a very Art Deco style, yeah. um, and, and is, is quite a landmark for anybody traveling through that area. Actually, I think it's 25,000 square feet. Is it that big? Okay. Um, but you're right. You know, some of the plans we have, very quickly, Jason, I mean, we want to get another newspaper in. Mm-hmm. And we were working with the Mon Valley Independent, who has some relationship with the Trib. Uh, business-wise, and uh, they've agreed to have a presence in the building. Uh, we're also working with a, a radio station to see if we can uh, uh, get them in the yeah. building, mm-hmm. and uh, I know that gentleman very well. <laughs> I'm looking at him right yeah, now. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, what uh, Ms. Bertetto brought to the table was the, the Point Park uh, Media Accelerator, uh, which are students at Point Park and we've had them out to the building and toward the building. So they're probably going to be the anchor tenant. So we have the ability very quickly, once we get the building cleaned up and, and uh, polished up a little bit, we're, we're going to have three tenants in there pretty quickly. Uh, other things we're talking about, doing, I like to make it a historical building. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to have a media museum there. There's enough artifacts there and enough old uh, archives and newspapers that I think would make for nice walking tours from time to time. Mm-hmm. Uh, a meeting place uh, for... Uh, different organizations and businesses. But as I mentioned to you, uh, what makes it work is within a five-block area, you have Dorabon literally 300 yards away uh, spending their own money to open up a steel plant with 200 employees. Reopening the old uh, U.S. Camp steel Hill, performance yes. the uh, Camp Hill type, uh, tube mill. Correct. Pipe mill. And a block away, um, the Port Authority, where we are reconstructing a, a transit center, 
a $4 million project, uh, which will work nicely with, with the folks that are working on the mill site or in, in downtown McKeesport. The parking garage between the Daily News building and the transit center uh, will be putting in a multimodal uh, request to get grant money to not only fix that garage up, but also work on a trail which will run around past our marina to the point around Dorbon with the cooperation of Dorbon along the river down to the bridge over to Duquesne. Um, and, of course, at that end, uh, you have the uh, medical marijuana grower. And, and uh, by statute, they're obviously going to be up and uh, working here mm-hmm. in the next uh, 30 days, yeah. I believe. So uh, there's a lot of nice things happening. And I, and I just want to say for the listeners, this isn't just about McKeesport. This is about neighboring communities that they are going to be able to get folks jobs. Um, mass transit will be more available, more modernized. Uh, you're going to be part of a history with the medical marijuana plant. There's only 12 in the whole state at this particular time. Uh, and, of course, with Dorbun holding with our tradition of being a steel town, which I think is really neat. Uh, and I've had the governor out. We've toured the facility. And uh, Jason Ness has done a wonderful job uh, with that. So we have a lot going on that I think will help the neighboring communities. And, and, and just to go down through Duquesne with American Textile, in the Braddock with, with what Mayor Federman's doing. I mean, we're working together to fix up that corridor. And infrastructure is important. Mass transit is important. The rivers are important. The rails are important. That takes money. Well, one thing you haven't mentioned, Senator Jim Brewster is our guest, by the way, uh, SenatorBrewster.com. One thing you haven't mentioned, and we had uh, someone from the Trail Towns program on this program last week to talk about the economic impact, the spinoff impact of the trails. And one of the things that connects McKeesport and Duquesne and a lot of other communities is that hiking, biking trail, which upwards of a million people now use all or part of. And as you mentioned, that trail is going to go right around Dorabon. It's going to go right past that garage, right past this Daily News Media Incubator Center. It, it's, a, it's the trail. McKeesport's a trailhead for three trails. Yeah. Okay. And one of the things I've, I've asked uh, Don Smith, who um, manages the uh, RIDC mill site, is to consider an elevated trail from the McKeesport Marina all the way over to the bridge, mm-hmm. just, to, just for, for two reasons. One, because those are the kind of scenic venues that folks want to you know, see as they, as they go from one state to another. And secondly, to remain to keep the barge network open so you can market the site for those companies that may need barges. Because on the Monahe River there, it, that you, you have barge ability. So it's kind of grade separation, yeah. too, to keep the traffic from crossing each other. And, and as you said earlier, Jason, I am shocked at the number of folks biking on that trail. We actually had a woman stay at our hostel overnight, biked from the state of Washington, and she was going to the state of Maine and, by herself. And, uh, and, and I have to tell you, former Mayor Bendel had this vision, and when it was just a mud bank down <laughs> by the river— and no marina, and here we now now have thousands of people biking through uh, our city, and um, I'm proud of that because one of the things we have to do as as citizens is make sure we we don't want people saying negative things about our communities, any of them. Yeah. We know it's on the news, and we know there are things that are going to happen, but there's a lot more good things happening that that you don't see on television, and we have to focus on that. What our church networks are doing in, 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 in the ministerium, what they're doing in these communities to keep people upbeat, to try to get families into churches, and to try to help folks be better parents um, uh, in working in conjunction with our law enforcement, to try and get a trust there where we can deal with this opioid issue. 
which is another huge problem for us. Let's pause right there because uh, when you ask people around here, sometimes the two biggest concerns they have right now are blight and drugs. So let's pause right there. Let's take our last 30-second break. Uh, State Senator Jim Brewster is our guest. Uh, we're talking about the Mon Valley in particular, but he represents uh, the 45th Senatorial District, which stretches all the way from the Allegheny-Kiski uh, area down through Forward Township in uh, Allegheny County. You can find his website at SenatorBrewster.com. And we'll be back here in 30 seconds to wrap things up on Radio 81 WEDO. WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. Stay tuned. We'll be back in 30 seconds. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. You know, we're looking for help in getting this show on the air and for help with other projects. If you're interested in the McKeesport area and you'd like to host a program or write articles for the website, call us at 412-614-9659 or email TubeCityTiger at gmail.com. And we're back for a final few minutes this morning with uh, Senator Jim Brewster talking about the Mon Valley, talking about his district and some of the common issues that uh, unite so many of these communities. 38 municipalities, uh, urban, rural, suburban, from the AK Valley down to the Monongahela. Um, the two things as I drive around the area, as I talk to people, lived here all my life, that I hear right now are the two big issues are blighted properties and you alluded to opioid addiction. Right. So let's let's start with the opioid addiction because I know that's been something that's really been seriously concerning you and you've been working on some legislation about this. Yes, I have I have three bills, Jason. Uh, very quickly, the first bill um, is for the pharmaceuticals to limit the number of milligrams that they can prescribe or, or even develop or produce. Um, I took that from a um, piece of legislation from the state of Maine so it's not new. Mm-hmm. It's just new in Pennsylvania. Uh, the second piece is the most important piece, and that's mandatory recovery. Uh, Senator Costa has a civil mandatory recovery where a parent or a relative can go in and get a court order and have someone go in for a period of time. Mine handles the, the judicial system. If, you're, if you watch the nightly news and you see folks on camera breaking into churches or going into the Rite Aids and going over mm-hmm. the counter or breaking into cars, these are addicts. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we need to make sure we understand it. They have a sickness. Putting them in jail is not the answer. We need to put them in a facility. My bill says 12 months. The 30-day thing isn't working. I mean, it's just that simple. Uh, I've had a number of personal experiences where folks come in for 30 days. They come out with a script for Suboxone, and then basically that's what they stay on. They have enough money to buy pills on the street, the opioids, the yeah. Oxycons. Whenever they run out of money, because these pills are... 20, 25 bucks a pill. Yeah, yeah. Then, then they drop down to heroin, which is $10 a pack. And then it gets, that gets loaded in with fentanyl. So that's how you get to the point where they're breaking into places and the overdoses and so on. I didn't realize until fairly recently that, and this is shame on me, that fentanyl, and it's not just a fentanyl, there's another one that's car fentanyl. Car fentanyl, which is literally a horse tranquilizer. Elephants, they say. Elephant, they can, yeah, I can knock an elephant out with it. Yeah. Um, this is powerful stuff that I guess under, until fairly recently in China, you could buy. Anyone could buy it. Right. I mean, it's I, I really the market in what I try to explain to my colleagues in Harrisburg. Nobody wants to violate anybody's civil rights and say, you're going to go into a facility for 12 months. And when a team of doctors say you're clean, uh-huh. then you can come out. That's that's where I'm going with this. When you get the consumer of this product off the street, you're doing a couple of things. One, you're saving their life. Mm-hmm. You're saving their families from financial crisis. You're eliminating petty crimes. Bad checks, stolen credit cards, breaking into cars and homes, okay? 
um, suicides. The other thing you're doing is you're now separating pure drug dealers. These are men and women that sell drugs who don't use. Yeah. They do it for money. And my third bill addresses that. They go to jail for a long time because when the way my bill is written, if you, if you get arrested for a drug transaction and it's one addict selling to another, their attorney will be able to say, listen, these folks cannot pass a drug test. Therefore, they should go to a facility where there will be minimum security, ankle bracelet, and under a team of doctors. If, you, if you're a dealer and you get arrested and you're not an addict, you're going into jail for a long time because basically you're a terrorist. Mm-hmm. You're killing people. Yeah. You're ruining families. Now, before I get too far down, people are going to say, how are you going to pay for it? That's okay. There we go. Okay. I want to approach the pharmaceutical company and say, listen, you have an obligation. This is your product. You need to take some responsibility. We need some investment from you to pay for this kind of treatment. Medicaid pays for some of it. Some folks will have their own hospitalization. Let me play, play devil's advocate, though. We're, spend, and I don't, and we're running short on time. This always happens when we run out of time. It's just as we're getting uh, into the harder stuff. There's been this debate for going on five or ten years now through three different governors about some sort of a gas drilling taxes and, and, and severance taxes there. And that's been a very difficult fight, as you know, in the legislature. So how do you get that through the legislature and how do you get the pharmaceutical companies to agree to that? Well, you do it through legislation. I mean, the pharmaceutical companies, I mean, frankly speaking, and look, we all know they're working on cures mm-hmm. and, and pain for cancer and things where we really need it. But let's face it, the best thing that happened to the drug dealers are the pharmaceuticals and the opioids. Yeah. Because once the scripts are no longer available, once folks run out of money to pay for those pills on the street, they then divert to the cheaper, which is heroin. Right. They, they've created an audience of consumers that is huge. You're talking about the most, e- most efficient business in the world, the drug business. No oversight, no taxes, it, it, bar none. So now, does somebody think that those folks are going to suddenly get out of that business? No, they're going to find ways to, just like a major corporation, to survive. And we're the audience. Yeah. And, and I will say this. The one thing I did mention was there's what we call drug seizure money. Literally millions of dollars are seized in this state. Sure. And that money goes towards law enforcement, and it should. But a portion of that could go towards paying for this so that the taxpayers wouldn't have to foot the bill. Where, uh, where, what is the status of that legislation? Is it in committee? or is it, what's, what's It's the in process? committee right now. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, Jake, Senator Cost and I are going to have a, uh, uh, a hearing uh, at Duquesne University here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'd like to have a press conference out here. Uh, Attorney General Shapiro is on top of this. Governor Wolf is on top of it. Uh, there are uh, many colleagues like Senator Yaw, Senator Costa. I mean, a lot of folks are weighing in on this, but we're, we're nipping away at the peripheral issues. It's time that we make up our minds that, that when folks are addicted, very, very few of them can go through a 30-day uh, uh, process of recovery and, and come out of their clean. It just doesn't work that way. And, and I think those folks do a good job. And by the way, if you're in the private sector and you do that as a business, you'll be even more required because we'll need you for 12 months. We just got to find a way to pay you. And in the meantime, that person who's out there stealing from their neighbors, uh, stealing from their families, will be in a facility where they're safe. What are the sort of tools that are coming down from the state level to help the local counties and municipalities deal with the blight? Again, we have a number of bills out there. I have one as well. Um, they all do the same thing. They, they create a pot of money for the counties to disperse to the communities within those counties to do demolition. And as you know, Jason, I, I did demolition on over 600 buildings when I was mayor. Mayor Shrepko's probably done close to that number now. So we're relying on grant money. 
uh, Mr. Scaife, yeah. uh, when he was alive, uh, donated money to the city of McKeesport for demolition. He knew that that was a problem. He recognized that. When you're talking eight, eight to ten thousand dollars minimum to take down a, a single family it, house, it's almost double, Jason, because now we have DEP and EPA issues. Uh, asbestos remediation oversight. I am frankly am in the process of drafting a letter to County Executive uh, Fitzgerald. We need to find a way to cut through this red tape because if it becomes cost prohibitive, then you're going to have people neighbors losing their insurance. Sure, folks aren't going to want to live in some of these communities. We have to find a way to get through the red tape. Uh, utilize different methodologies to do the demolition, but get it done. We should set targets and say, here's how many homes need to be demolished every year in certain communities. It should be mandated. Uh, and we are just about out of time, unfortunately. Let's not make it three years. Again, before you come back to uh, <laughs> spend some time with us, uh, State Senator Jim Brewster represents the 45th Legislative District, much of the East Hills and Mon Valley area. He's got offices in Forward Township, New Kensington, McKeesport, Monroeville, Vandergrift, and Allegheny Township. A couple of those are satellite offices, but you can find out more by going to his website, SenatorBrewster.com. Senator Jim Brewster, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us this morning. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. And thank you all for listening today to Radio 81 WEDO, WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at TubeCityOnline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, McKeesport, PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline. Online.